everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Forgotten Horror Classics on Indie Film Cafe. I'm your host, the Moo Count, otherwise known as Paul A. Presenza, and I am joined by... Joe! How's it going, Joe? Pretty good. Outstanding. Let's pause this and see how it sounds. And tonight, we are here to talk about the 2016 film, The Void. Had you heard about this film before or I seen it? never heard about it. Never mm. seen it. Yeah, it's funny. I hadn't really either. And from what I gather, not a lot of mainstream movie people talked about this. I guess, I don't know if it's because it was a Canadian production without any big stars. Or I think part of it is because it was crowdfunded. But I know some indie film, uh, especially indie horror people, did know about it. Which was nice. But... The mainstream folks hadn't really talked, hadn't really heard about it. And so when I did a little research, a lot of people were saying, you know, how this was a very, very, really well done cosmic horror, like very, very Lovecraftian and, you know, very much like The Thing. You know, if you remember, um, uh, yeah, John, I have seen that one. John Carpenter's mm -hmm. The Thing, just very, very crazy and strange and, and bizarre and everything. So... We will talk about that after we listen to a little bit of spooky music, and then we will be back. So, first reactions. What did you think of The Void? It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't spare any expense in the in the gore department, did they? No, no. And it, it got really gory really quickly. Mm -hmm. And it... Um, yeah, stuff went quick. Yeah, and, and even the very first scene, you know... Are people screaming and running out of a house and somebody getting lit on fire? And it's like, wow, <laughs> let's hit the ground running, shall you know, we? As, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, you yeah. Know. So it's not a slow burn. You know, those those stretch. little rural towns don't have much to do. So get drunk, shoot people, set them on fire oh, yeah. on a Friday night. You know. Uh, my town had it wrong. We just tipped cows over. Oh, poor cows. Yeah, seriously, that's what we. Oh. Yeah. I didn't partake. Extending. <laughs> So, wow, do you think you can maybe sum up what happens in this film? No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I try. Okay, um, okay. Basically, uh, you see people at the beginning kind of running and you don't know what from. And then uh, the scene changes to a hospital. Um, well, they find, a, a cop finds one of the guys who was running from the crazy house at the beginning, the one who escaped. Um, and he's, you know, delusional and everything, and he seems either sick or injured or something. So the cop picks him up and takes him to the hospital. Um, spoiler alert. He had a chance to go to another hospital 20 minutes away, but he decided not to. Dope. Even though the current hospital is like half of it's closed because there was a major fire and they were relocating and stuff. Um, so they didn't have a whole lot of staff there at the time, but he still takes him to the closer hospital because he doesn't seem like he's going to make it 20 minutes, you know. And 
Um, Plus his ex-wife works there, so a little extra. Was that, you think that was inside it? I think that was part of it, too. Maybe. But anyway, so he goes in and um, there's a whole, you know, cast of characters there that end up getting trapped in this hospital with the cop because these weird cult members show up outside wearing KKK-style robes, but with a nice accessory of a black triangle in the middle. So, you know, the KKK got some bling for the 21st <laughs> century. And um, so they're trapped in this hospital, and then a nurse, one of the nurses, they find stabbing a guy in the face and has ripped her all of her facial skin off. And so the cop, you know, shoots her because, well, once she just killed somebody and then she came after him with a knife, so he stabs her. And she's a little bit nutty. I mean, she's he like, shoots her, sorry. She's like, this isn't my face. Yeah, what this isn't to my me. Face? I'm she taking it off. Starts pulling her face off. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then a little while later, after a lot of fighting and, and the, the two uh, guys who were in the crazy house at the beginning break their way into the hospital... Um, it's unclear what kind of characters they are, but they seem like bad guys, like right off the bat. You think that they're part of this evil, whatever it is. Um, and, um, then suddenly the nurse, you know, has, has turned, Bev, yes, has turned into like a Cthulhu style, you know, (laughs) many tentacled critter. Nightmare. Nightmare creature. Critter. She's a cute little critter. Oh, yeah. And um, so clearly now something otherworldly is going on. And um, we come to find out that the two guys from the, the murder house at the beginning are not just randomly on a murder spree. They knew that people were transforming into these critter things and they were trying to kill them and stop whatever was going on. But they didn't really know much about what was going on either and it they don't like. trust anybody so they're trying to kill everyone and, they can and then the other people are trying to kill them because they just think they're crazy murderers and it's just a whole lot of nobody helping anybody right and then the the one guy uh the crazy guy that the cop or that's the sheriff saves stabs the doctor the, the main doctor and mm-hmm. he dies um but not for long. Not for long. <laughs> because no, whatever, stays dead for long. Whatever resurrected Bev into a nightmare creature does the exact same to the doctor. But as it turns out, that was kind of according to plan. Right, right. So um, at, at some point, one of the uh, people in the hospital is a pregnant woman and she's having um, issues with del- delivery. They think they're going to have to do a cesarean. But of course... They're in the lobby, and all of the supplies are in the <clears throat> other part of the hospital where, you know, crazy Cthulhu monster thing was, We well, they thought they killed it, but they don't even know if they can kill it, because they killed Bev, and she turned into this thing, so. Right. Um, anyway, the, the cop goes out to try to get his gun and says, hey, wife, don't don't uh, go into the hospital by yourself looking for supplies until I get back. And as soon as he leaves, what does she do? Mm-hmm. She goes looking for supplies by herself. And it doesn't end well. No, And no. Uh, she never comes back. But um, so eventually they all have to go look for her. And they end up in a part of the hospital that doesn't even exist, which is real neat. Oh, yeah. Um, so they've entered another dimension of sorts. Uh, 
And it's not a happy dimension oh at all. Oh, my God. Oh. It is not the dimension of ice cream and kittens and fluffy bunnies. No. And um, not yeah. even the ice cream bunny, nope. I mean, would be happy there. No. But anyway, um, yeah, so they find um, a room with the, uh, the doctor, uh, Richard, with his... Um, Kind of failed experiments into this this void thing that he thinks is going to cheat death and, and he has yeah but unfortunately these earlier experiments want to die and he won't let them yeah but they're trying and they even have one that's been impaling its head into a, a spike uh, yeah for like god knows how many years oh my gosh yeah that was like it reminded me of sisyphus so much like gruesome sisyphus mm. oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, he stops just long enough to look at the intruders and then go back to impaling his head. Like, oh. Yeah. And when yeah. he does that, you get to see the giant crater in his skull, like yeah. right through it. Yeah, it was nice. Um, so <laughs> it, um, it turns out, yeah, this is all the doctor somehow stumbled across um, an ancient ritual to uh, open a portal to some other dimension and that brings the, back all the old ones. The old ones, yes, exactly. Yes, very Lovecraftian. <laughs> very old Lovecraftian. Ones, old ones. And, um... It was funny, he says, you know, you'd be surprised what you'd find when you, you go, go looking. looking. Yeah, that was a great line. That was a great line. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. So, Went out to look for milk, came home with Cthulhu. Right. <laughs> That's what happens when you go shopping without a list. There you go. Yeah. Without a list. Um... And uh, and so the, he has turned. Uh, what what's the main woman's name? It was it Allison. Alice. Al Alice or Allison? Could be Allison. I think it was Allison. Anyway, the the cop's wife. Um, and what's the cop's name again? Gosh. Oh God, I can, I can never. <laughs> I'm sorry, I remember the doctor. Remember Richard things. It's Daniel. Daniel, thank you. Yeah, they did say it enough times, but I, I guess I was too focused on the gore and the horror. <laughs> As you can't help <laughs> to, it. To remember character names. But, um, yeah, yeah, Allison gets sort of turned into one of these monstrosities. She sort of gives birth to a Cthulhu thing, uh. and, and it's pretty gruesome. And um, But but it kills her, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then the, the other pregnant woman that they were trying to help before, it turns out, that she was impregnated by the doctor on hey. purpose. She's like a teenager, and he's like... In his seventies, probably at least, you know, mm -hmm. and so he, you know, it's already mad if you're going to be a monstrosity of some kind. Oh yeah, right. Well, anyway, he impregnated her so that he could do this ritual that would like swap her actual fetus with what he called his daughter. His beautiful daughter. Um, yeah, his daughter had tragically died. Um, <laughs> when she it looked like she was maybe eight or nine years old or something, something like that. No more than ten. Um. But um, it basically destroyed him, and this is when he went on this quest to cheat death, you know, and to basically resurrect his dead daughter, which he thinks he does, but, you know, what comes out is this horrific monster, uh, worse than any of the other ones. And it's huge. With awesome feet, though. Huge. The feet were the best. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it, they were kind of like backwards goat hooves or something, like if you took a goat and, like, broke its foot. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... <laughs> and it, it's... The special effects are very similar to the Rob Botten special effects that you saw in The Thing, where you'd have these bubbling, horrific 
things, extra heads and tentacles yeah. and shit just growing out of things out of nowhere. Or going into people's eye sockets. Uh, internal and... organs on the outside when yeah. they should be on the inside. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. It's lovely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> lots of goo and lots of just yeah. stuff. So I guess the movie pretty much ends with um, the cop uh, pushing the doctor, Richard, through his own portal, basically, that he opened mm. this big triangle-shaped dimension, wormhole, whatever it was. And when he does that, it causes the whole fake wing of the hospital. The extra um, planar dimension. Yeah, yeah, it causes it to collapse. And then the one guy, the sort of mute character who... Mm. He's mute because he has a neck injury, right? Like he yeah, got they cut his tongue out. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize that's what happened. Okay, but anyway, he um, he uh, does escape and he finds one other person. She had been like a nursing practicum student or something. She mm. was a total ditz. But um, he, he, Kim, yeah, Kim. Um, she, they are the only two to survive, and the collapse of that. Um, paranormal wing or whatever you want to call it um takes everything with it and then the very end though you see into the other dimension and you see the cop uh daniel and his wife allison standing there looking at this giant pyramid thing and they're like enormous black pyramid that takes up almost the entire horizon yeah and they're like where the fuck are we and then it ends right So there you go, nutshell, wrapped mm-hmm. up in a nutshell. Very similar to the plot line for My Little Pony Goes to La La Land, but you know. What is that? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, okay. no. Clearly, this is a dark, gritty, grotesque, disgusting, violent, horrific, nightmarish kind of mm. film. And boy, howdy, do you, I love that kind of a movie. Yeah. So. And you don't get this. I mean, we had talked earlier about, you know, what constitutes a Lovecraftian type of horror film. Because it's a very specific sort of thing. And I would mentioned, you know, the classic one like Dunwich Horror. And then a more modern one like The Color Out of Space, which you had seen mm-hmm. and, and liked. And yeah. it's good. And it's very Lovecraftian. However... <laughs> this is like hold my beer let me show you Lovecraft yeah 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 and let's work in a whole bunch of vomit inducing grotesque special effects and yeah. gore and violence it's and very stuff. stabby very stabby yeah lots of stabbings yeah um, you're gonna need 37 showers after you watch this <laughs> inside your head and outside yep because yep. you know the movie will screw with you and um, you know the uh, the lead guy, um, uh, he keeps having these weird flashbacks. Yeah. Where he's flashing back to stuff that happens before. He's also flashing forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure he quite understands what's going on. And we certainly don't understand what's going on. It's, it's somehow Richard is trying to show him stuff. Yeah. He, he keeps referencing that he's trying to show him and he's like, and you still don't understand. Right, because apparently he can get into people's heads and fuck with them. Because Oh, because he was doing it to that other yeah, guy, Yeah, he did it to the other guy yeah. and made him think about the stuff that led up to the whole farmhouse butchery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he got into the uh, mute kid's head as well. Excuse me. So um, this clearly seems to be a thing that he can do because he's a charmer, this Richard. Because he's a what? He's oh, a, a charmer. charmer. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's all happy that he's discovered a way to cheat death. But, of course, you have to die in order to 
do it. Right, right. Well, your physical body has to die, but clearly yeah. he still has his conscious being. Yeah. And, um... And it's weird. It's always a raw deal. You know, it's just like vampires. Everyone's like, oh, you get to be immortal. It's like, yeah, you get to be a rotting corpse that wanders around and has to drink blood in order not to, you know, rot into a bunch of black and disgusting uh, do, pieces. Do you remember that movie Death Becomes Her? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was the worst to me because they were just falling apart. Yeah. And the only thing that could, like, fix them was, like, like, um makeup and plaster and oh my god it was so awful anyway yeah yeah. who wants that kind of immortality no kidding no thank you um but yeah and so there's all this ritual stuff going on there's all this religious pseudo religious stuff going on and and you know sacrificing and cults dark cults Mm -hmm. with stabby stabby knives and they're creepy as fuck because they don't say a damn thing they just Stand there with their white sheets. I mean, this literally they look like the clan with black triangles on their face, and I mean, they come out of nowhere. Yeah, and then when they pull their knives out, they're all like synchronized, you know, which is weird because I'm pretty sure that these are all supposed to be just regular people who are followers of Richard, mm-hmm. basically, because they're like, oh my gosh, he found the secret. But probably he's, put the whammy on oh, them too. Oh, he's gotten into their brain. That's yeah, why they're all synchronized. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And there's a whole bunch of them, and it's, you know, initially you think, okay, this is going to be a spam in the cabin, like a typical zombie movie where they're trying to break in and kill them. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, no. They're there to make sure that they stay there and don't leave. Yeah. Which is even creepier. Because <laughs> they know that Richard wants to turn mm-hmm. several of them. Um, Richard wants to have his fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Changing. He wants to bring his friends along. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, Allison and, and Daniel, I mean, they were close mm-hmm. at, at that time. Yes. So, yeah. He, he wants to have his fun and frolics and, um, friends. you know, cheat death. And, Don't and, go into the void without your friends. And bring his daughter back. And I guess, you know, he talks about how that was hard and it changed him. Boy, howdy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, but, you know. You get through it and you find a way. Yeah, he found a way. <laughs> yeah, there's this great scene after he's kidnapped. Um, oh, uh, uh, not Beverly. Um, oh, um, Allison. Allison, yeah. And he's got her strapped to the table. And he's very calmly, very serenely sort of saying, you know, oh, this is all just very, very interesting. And, and I'm trying to help you. Yes. And- I didn't quite expect death to feel like this. It's very invigorating, and you'll like it, really. And yeah, as he's peeling off his skin. Face and sc- on the yeah, skull. Yeah, He's like, you know, all these years of performing surgery on people, I had no idea it'd feel like this. And then he dropped a chunk of skin into the sink, and right. oh! It was gross. He's flaying himself alive. Right. Well, dead, or whatever he is. Eesh, eesh, flaying himself in whatever state he's in. And these cult people, I guess, the the one guy, the meth head, he mm. originally uh, went back to the house to score some dope, but it turns out, you know, he got captured by them and they were doing weird sex things and transformations and murders and rituals and stuff. Clearly, he was not having a fun time either, which is why he yeah. escaped. So he and that girl, do you think they were both, they were prisoners I'm now thinking they were probably making them have sex because they were going to, you know, take her and make her 
the 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 vessel for this i guess i don't know who knows i'm not sure but but they also um he said that they made them watch as they sacrificed people and stuff so yeah they they did not have a good time and who knows they might have been having sex with the weird medical experiment creature thingies too oh that'd be horrible i know i don't think they were in the cabin though were they weren't they all in the basement in the hospital but the thing is, is that because space time is so warped, it's oh, kind of like yeah. it's kind of like all these different places at the same time. I thought the I I don't know maybe maybe it was I, weird. It was very hard to tell. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's messing with your sense of time. It's messing with your sense of space. It's messing with your sense of morality. It's with your sense of death. With your sense of family. It pretty much everything. There's 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 mm-hmm. nothing firm to grasp onto like any really good nightmare you know where everything feels like it's sliding away and you've got nothing concrete to hold on to and it's just it's a it's a nightmare of a movie it's great it's really really well done when the pregnant woman stands up and kills her grandfather oh oh, man that surprised the heck out of me because in you know you have no reason at all to suspect that there's anything weird going on with the pregnant woman at all mm. for the whole movie and and her, her grandfather is nothing but this sweet kind loving wonderful and all of a sudden she stabs him in the neck and she's like he 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 I'm part of this and then walks down the hallway <laughs> in a very creepy way and you're like what the f <laughs> it's almost ready yeah oh, yeah boy. oh yeah yeah yep. yeah that it, was there were there were a few surprises for you, weren't there? I had a couple of good jump scares. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they weren't like they weren't cheap ones. They weren't like a cat all of a sudden jumping out of the closet. No, there's like you know the, when when she's looking for medical supplies and she's looking at each individual bottle and then she bends down to put one in the bag and you see the doctor behind the her in the dead doorway. Doctor. The doctor who had died, yeah, like right. 15 minutes earlier. And you're like, oh, ah. shit, that was not supposed to be there. Right, right. <laughs> so that one really got me. I yeah. love jump scares, too. And I like that a lot. I just don't like cheap ones. Like I said, like it's a cat all of a sudden or something stupid like yeah. that. But these weren't cheap. These were well done. Oh, I'll even take the cheap ones. It's I get adrenaline from them. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not going to try to intellectualize it. I just like it, all right? It's go. like riding a roller coaster. I there like you go. it. So. Well, this uh, this this has this is plenty for both. If you mm-hmm. like if you like that, and if you like it more intellectual, I think it, it'll you know satisfy both cravings. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there weren't that many mm-hmm. of the jump scare type things, and but yeah, the no, few they, just, they had were well placed. They just stabbed nice. the shit out of people in front of you, or chopped the shit stabby, out of someone. Stabby, stabby! Holy yeah. cow! Yeah. Oh, so you got to see that coming, which was interesting. Um, so. I guess I could talk a little bit about who actually Mm -hmm. made this film, okay? So, the film was both written and directed by a pair of individuals, Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky, okay? And I believe they are Canadians, and they have done a few things together, but neither one of them are really known for being directors per se, even though they both directed stuff before. so Jeremy Gillespie is mostly known as an art guy. He was an art department person, an art director. He oh. was also a musical composer. Oh. But he mostly does things like graphic design and, you know, first assistant art director and just does that kind of stuff for other films and for other 
productions, especially a lot of TV stuff. But I see like he was a second assistant art director for Pacific Rim. He was an assistant art director on Total Recall. Oh. He was on the uh, Poltergeist and Suicide Squad, Shape of Water. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some cred. Star Trek Discovery. Right. So he's done a lot of that kind of stuff. And then uh, he's also uh, a writer and done visual effects. But as far as directing, he's done a few shorts. And then he did a movie called uh, Father's Day, which was uh, a horror movie about, um, I think it was like a, someone killing fathers or something like that. I remember reading about it, although I haven't seen it yet. And then uh, it was also co-directed by the other gentleman, Stephen Kostansky, who is more known as a makeup guy. So he does the makeup for all kinds of different stuff. So um, things like uh, a movie called Clown, which was a creepy movie, Crimson Peak. He also did Suicide Squad, Star Trek Discovery. He did the prosthetic stuff for Leprechaun Returns. <laughs> um, and just a, a whole bunch of stuff. He's on uh, the movie Capote, which I think won an Academy Award, although he, I don't think he did. Um, and uh, he also directed a few more movies. One of the movies he did was one called Manborg, which is the movie that I was going to talk about in Indie Film Cafe. He also did the one that I mentioned before, um, The Leprechaun Returns. <clears throat> Uh, Day of the Dead, VHS 94. He was one of the segment directors for that. Psycho Gorman. That's another mm. weird, creepy, bizarre that. comedy horror movie that uh, we're going to do on Indie Film Cafe. He's the director for that one. And um, a few other bits and pieces here, too. So these guys have some background in other things, but they were able to come together in this instance and work together, both writing and directing, and put this together and uh all i can say is wow and the other thing that was amazing and and you couldn't believe and i couldn't believe is that this was a crowdfunded movie yeah wow are you kidding me you generally do not see this level of excellence from a crowdfunded film right i mean there's a lot of indie movies that have to go and back in 2016 when that was relatively new right yeah Relatively, yeah. But this, so this won a bunch of awards. It won the Boston Underground Film Award in 2017, the Fright Meter Award, uh, won for Best Makeup and Best Special Effects. Um, it was nominated in the Nashville Film Festival and the Nevermore Film Festival. So it's gotten a lot of love from, from critics, even though for some reason its score is fairly low on the Internet Movie Database, uh, 5.9. That's, mm. that's kind of nuts. Um, I would have rated it a whole lot higher than that. I thought it was very good. So some of the folks who were involved, the lead, the uh, sheriff, Daniel Carter, is Aaron Poole. And he's been in a whole bunch of different things, a lot of uh, TV and some movies, especially a lot of Canadian stuff because it's a lot of Canadian people here. But he was in such things as Adoration, which was a really good film. That's Anton Migoyen. And um, he was in uh, X-Files in the team show and Mutant X and um, let's see, uh, uh, The Samaritan. He was in that film. He was in a TV series called King and a TV series called uh, The Listener and uh, Lost Girl, Schitt's Creek. Um, 
stuff like that. Uh, so he's been in a lot of different things. And um, he was really, really good mm-hmm. in, in, in this particular film. I thought Allison was very good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Richard. Who, find out mm-hmm. what Richard was in. Well, Doctor, he was good. Allison was played by Kathleen Monroe, who's another actress who's been in a whole bunch of different things. So let's see here. So she was in uh, a number of the uh, Law & Order uh, TV series. Uh, she was in 1-800-MISSING. She was in uh, oh, Beautiful People. Uh, she was in Ugly Betty. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Dresden Files. Oh, okay. Yeah, Without a Trace, NCIS Los Angeles, Nikita, Stargate Universe, just all kinds of different stuff. Um, so I don't know whether you... I had seen her before. I just don't remember exactly where. Um, so, yeah, she was really, really good. Um Ellen Wong played poor Kim, the, oh. the the nursing student who was just the one who was supposed to be there that day. I wasn't supposed to be here. I today. know, it was such a shame. <laughs> uh, she started off doing stuff, so she was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then she was in a number of different TV shows. Uh, the character. I mean, I hated her character, but she played it very yeah, convincingly. Yeah. I mean, she was just like such a whiny. I and like helpless, you know, like you just want to smack her and like you don't have options. Suck it up and like do something. Like a nineteen-year-old teenager who just does not want to do anything. Right, and she can't be that young because she's in a residency for nursing, you know, she, and she's like crying in a corner most mm-hmm. of the movie. Suck it up, Kim. Well, she <laughs> was in a bunch of episodes of the Carrie Diaries and uh, it's another miniseries called Combat Hospital, which is interesting. So she's. She's definitely done some TV, uh, something called The Condor, which I'd heard of but not seen. And most famously, and where I recognized her from, is she was in Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, Glow, which was a great series. I still haven't seen oh, that. Oh, you got to see that. It's I'm a huge so Mark Maron fan. Yes, in fact, yes. Paul just came over for mm-hmm. a Mark Maron Mar- uh, Mar- uh, party. Mm-hmm. What was that a couple weeks ago? Right, we that was a lot of fun. Most recent stand up, but I know I still haven't seen Glow. And she, she was in a movie called Film Fest, which I've also heard is really really good. I've not heard of it. And then finally, Dr. Richard Powell was played by Kenneth Walsh. Now Kenneth Walsh has been in a million things. Cuz he's old, he's had time. Yeah, so <laughs> from the late 60s all the way up. Oh, Unfortunately, wow. he passed away in 2012. I mean, sorry. Wow. In, in uh, uh, sorry. Wow, he was already dead when that, he made Well, his he could have been. No, skills. 2022. Skills. That's method acting. <laughs> 2022. He was 80 years old, so he had had a, a pretty rich wow. life. Wow. But yeah, so things from like okay, Kids in the Hall, yes. Star Trek Discovery, um, gosh, uh, the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Mm. Uh, uh, Story of Luke and Haven and Grey Gardens. He was in that that one, Survival of the Dead. I don't know if you saw that movie. That was kind of a weird one. I saw The Last Templar up there. I saw that. Bionic Woman and um, Fantastic Four. Stargate he was in that. Atlantis. Silk. Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. Um, the Fog, the remake of The Fog. And he's, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. And goes all the way, you know, it was in Witchblade and goes all the way back into the, uh, into the 80s. Oh, God, he was in... Um, uh, Twin Peaks and oh, wow, uh, yeah, 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 just a ton. He was in Crocodile Dundee too. Mm-hmm. He was in that one. 
But all the way back into the into the seventies, he was on a TV movie, the, the Three Musketeers. He played D'Artagnan, wow. and the Great Detective, and yeah. So he has been around, and I'd recognized him before. He's been just like I said, in a million things. He, he was, was the only great. one that looked familiar to me. Yeah, yeah. character actor, um, just uh, really played the Doctor well. Really super creepy, and just very very effective. Mm-hmm. And could have been a real caricature, but he handled it really, really well, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, he you know? did a good job. Because I didn't expect him, and when I first saw that, for him to be the total nutso no, guy no, behind all this. No, he seemed so, like, put together and, like, psychologically stable, and mm-hmm. it turns out he's a wackadoo, <laughs> you know? But, yeah, you just really, and then you felt for him when he was trying to comfort Daniel, because they had just lost their unborn child. She had a right. miscarriage basically during delivery. Right. And um, and he was pretty broken up about it. The marriage was falling apart. And this doctor's trying to console him, you know, by relating to him over the loss of his daughter. Right. When right. she right. was like, you know, nine or ten. And, and you think, oh, my gosh, this is like probably the most grounded normal person in this movie <laughs> oh geez Whoops. Whoops. yeah so yeah this was a crowd-funded film as i said it was on indiegogo and wow talk about a successful project you generally don't see you know these sort of things happen I wonder to who this level of success this. like oh, what kind of pe- well i know but what what were people like hoping for they're like yes we just desperately want a- another really great Lovecraft movie, and I need tentacles and lots of them. And, I mean, <laughs> that, and, and that's that's the other thing I wanted to get into is that even though there was a level of special effects, and it's mostly that weird, creepy, otherworld stuff mm-hmm. that's going on, and the the massive black uh, uh, pyramids and yeah. all of that stuff, the clouds and all that. Mostly, the effects are are uh, physical. You know, they are they are physical special effects. It's all you know, stuff that's created either in camera or physically made by the makeup department. Right, like prosthetics that are right. moving and pieces. Tentacles and, and goo oh, spurting everywhere yeah. and yeah. just all kinds of stuff. And that like was, we said, Lovecraftian right. in the extreme. And that's what I love. I'm so tired of movies relying on just just CGI. Yeah, because no matter how good the CGI is, it just comes off as flat. It just doesn't come off as believable or as real. Whereas this stuff I mean, you could, I mean, seriously, you could feel like the goo and the ickiness and yeah. the grotesqueness yeah. of it. It was just horrible. It was really well done. Um, and um, from what I gather, too, this is an interesting bit. Apparently, the folks who made this film were, were said to be inspired by Guillermo del Toro, who was working on The Mountains of Madness, which is, of course, a Lovecraft project and, i've never seen that well and i don't think it ever actually ever happened i think um oh there's, okay. yeah there's a big story about that because i thought i'd kind of like his don quixote kind Guillermo of a thing del toro films but but yeah because you mm. were mentioning that the one guy did the makeup on crimson peak and the other guy worked on shape of water mm-hmm. so um yeah. Yeah. yeah so but they were very very um you know uh, insistent on all the practical effects and making it feel as real as possible, which helps the verisimilitude of the film. As a matter of fact, apparently they were originally going to film this in an actual abandoned hospital, but it turned out that was way too unsafe to do that. 
So mm. they, I guess they had to have a set built. Really it looks part of it. It looks like a really rundown '80s hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, which you would expect for a really small town to have like a really old, like with old computers and. I don't know when this was supposed to be set, if it was supposed to be modern day or not. But, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it had like the big boxy computer monitors mm-hmm. and like the big like concrete walls that were textured to look sort of like brick, but they're not really. And then painted over with beige, you know, like anybody who went to elementary school in the 80s, that's what our hallways look like. Right. right yeah, right, right. it totally, yeah, nailed the, the, you know, what you would expect a hospital in a really poor rural town to look like right yeah so it ends up being a sort of you know nightmarish mix of horrific creature features like you might see in in um oh uh, uh it or um um the the thing you know mm-hmm. mixed with body grotesque body horror yeah like you might see some in some of those japanese films that are mm-hmm. really gross that that creep you out because there's nothing more horrible than seeing horrible things happening to your own body and you have no control over it. Yeah. Like when Stuart Allison is strapped to the to the gurney and she's looking down and she can see shit in her stomach moving around. Oh. I mean, how horrible is that? That's why I'm like, please yeah. just kill me. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh. I hate, I actually hate body horror. Yeah, movies. body horror is horrific. I don't like, I mean, I guess they have the intended effect on me. But I don't like it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't it's, like it at all. <laughs> it's it's disgusting and grotesque, and it is and it's horrible. And you know, I mean, we don't get to see. You get to see some things where they're like peeling bits and pieces off of themselves. But yeah, you know, at least they didn't like go internally. You know, yeah, themselves. I mean, when the monsters did it, that was bad enough. Right. And somebody right. was doing it to them. But when you're doing it yourself and you're like pulling out your own intestines and that's just yeah. yeah they didn't go that far no that they didn't good. go that far that was good but it was nice to see that all kind of mixed in there together mm-hmm. so yeah so that, that there you go uh, i don't know what else to say other than you know this was just an amazing film that uh that just kind of came out of nowhere because i like i said i i didn't hear about the big facebook uh or indiegogo thing that that went for mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. you know in 2016 i wasn't really thinking about that sort of thing and i kind of wanted to point out that at the end of the movie when dr richard had pe- finally peeled all of his skin off and he was whatever thing he was now it looked very much whatever the hell it was like the the guy from stranger things what the heck's his yes, name what yes. what was his name I, I forget, but you had a whole Stranger Things set of comments that you Yeah, made. because, like, first of all, Dr. Richard looks like the guy in the Upside Down in, in, in the, like, the last two seasons. I can't remember what his name is now. Don't but, um, anyway, the guy that's, like, hanging in the web and stuff. And, oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, and he, um, and he sounds like him, too, and it's just like, okay. And then when they go through the pyramid and when even when you see flashes of what it looks like on the other side on in this void it looks like the upside down in stranger things yeah they borrowed heavily yeah. i think yeah. um from this um i'm not gonna say like right outright ripped off but like the lightning you know how there's always lightning in the upside mm-hmm. down same thing here lightning behind the pyramid so the whole look i feel like I wonder if we researched Stranger Things, if we would find an admission that they liked this film. Well, but without being a direct copy, because the whole no, thing with not. the under, with the whole thing with the upside down is that it is 
the sort of mirror universe of the one that they're in. So right. it's the exact same town, the exact same houses, the exact Which this one was not. Just decayed, right. Yeah. This this was a total other world, but other dimension. But I'm saying dimension. artistically. Sure, sure. Artistically, I feel like they were heavily inspired Absolutely. by this film because the villain and the aesthetic of the world looks so similar. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it it that and that's where all your sort of cosmic horror, Lovecraftian, old world, you know, uh, uh, you know, the light between the stars kind of thing is going on when they're they're off in this other verse, mm-hmm. this horrific, horrible other verse where they don't even go into much detail about what it is but you know it's not a happy place no it's not a place you want to be ever i mean richard seems to want to be there yeah well, but we... apparently i think it's just because he is crazy enough he's gone shitbird crazy in his grief yeah. that any place without his daughter is hell basically right. and so as long as he could be with his daughter again then not even his daughter but some this critter thing that, that resembles maybe kind of I don't understand why he thought this was his daughter. I don't understand it. Like, did he save her body and do this or to it? Her what, what happened? Or something. He must have saved her something. Her essence is like the dark crystal. <laughs> I guess because he did. Essence. He did quote unquote implant something. I just don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, yeah. And for all we know, this is shit that's just gone nuts in his head, and we. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? I was actually kind of thinking that that maybe that this had nothing to do with his daughter and. Yeah. He had just deluded himself into thinking that. Because you know, normally, when you get involved with the old ones or the, you know, you're nuts. You're yeah, only doing it because yeah. you've gone crazy. Because you, our minds can't, you know, comprehend the vastness of the light between the stars and the old ones and all that yeah. shit, Cthulhu. And, you know, usually when you read those things, it's because people have gone cuckoo bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So possibly that's what was going on. Uh, they drove him cuckoo bananas, but gave him just enough, a little bit of stuff for him to actually go in there and start resurrecting dead tissue and not letting yeah. people die, but letting them rot, which is, of course, so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, that was nice of him. Yeah. Now, what was that really... Um, there, there was some movie that they made fun of on Mystery Science Theater years ago. Where that was what the doctor was doing. He was like experimenting on these people and trying to perfect immortality, but it, it messed people up, you know. And he had like a whole basement prison full of these people at the end that they found that couldn't die, but they were just like these monstrous, like. Sounds like Reanimator. It wasn't Reanimator. It was something like. It might have been. The movie with that super long title, like the incredibly strange creatures who, oh. who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. Oh, it might okay. have been that one. I can't remember. Ray Dennis sure, Steckler. What? Ray Dennis Steckler. Oh, I can't believe you know that. Oh, Off yeah. The top of your head. Of course. Weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I don't think yeah. that's the one because that's that's the carnival sideshow one where, uh, where he gets hypnotized by the uh, by the, the woman with the re- who does the... Oh, the crystal ball thing yeah you know and i thought though at the end the thing was that that he'd been experimenting i don't know what movie it was but it was one they made fun of yeah 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 no i only wish that uh, ray dennis steckler had seen a movie as complicated and uh 
layered as this one was yeah. um, because it was so well done and unlike some of the other films that we've talked about with the uh, Lovecraftian horror cosmic horror things boom this this had a lot of action it had a lot of speed the pacing was was very very you know quick this was not a slow burn like you mm -hmm. say where a lot of them tend to be you know like the last one we did the nun one right uh, dark waters right. right it um it ended up with a lovecraftian twist at the end sure. but it, you had to wait all the way through to get to it and mm -hmm. it was very much a slow burn not that it was bad it was right. it was atmospheric and 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 the suspense was crazy and the symbolism was beautiful and mm. and everything but then you got this like punch of lovecraft right at the very end and this was like all the way through this one yeah this like, one the amount of time they must have spent making all of those special effect things oh yeah oh, oh yeah. my gosh that, there was all there were so many scenes that used it but details alone just in the background seeing all of the things drawn out onto the floor, all mm -hmm. the ritualistic symbolism yeah. going on. And then not only that, but there's like puddles of goo everywhere and trash mm -hmm. and stuff. But it all feels like it's there. It's all dressed specifically for the scene. It's not accidental. It's not like, oh, someone just randomly tossed in a bunch of shit. It feels yeah. like a painter or an artist went in there and deliberately set it up and it, it makes sense given the background of these two folks and the burnt out right. part of the hospital like when they first get into that part oh my gosh it's almost like a video game like silent hill or something like that that's the other thing that mm -hmm. reminded me that to go into that kind of level of uh of animation not animation but of graphic design mm -hmm. for your story and and just interacting with all of the different stuff yeah. in the background and having that flavor the the narrative was just really really cool and like i said i mean i how many showers you think you needed to take after seeing this it was just gross you know and um yeah yeah it was just really really well done i only wish we had seen it later so that the sun wasn't oh, coming in and you're pit you're so picky i am <laughs> i am but can you imagine seeing this on the big big screen how no i would throw would up i would have like when the first public goo exploded towards oh man oh what about 3d yeah <laughs> and we we did see the blu-ray version of this so it was very crisp mm -hmm. you know the the tonality of the of the of the darks and the grays and the the brightness of the whites and the the colors all stood out and every detail just came to life and and, and the clarity of everything was just amazeballs it was mm -hmm. just so well done i mean i don't know i don't understand how this can be a 5.9 on internet movie database how, how better could you make this well um maybe it's just people rated the movie who were not into lovecraftian horror Either that, or they're just jaded, or they, you know, I don't know. I, I, I really do not get it. I, this, this was a, uh, I want to say, just about a masterpiece, you know. Um, pretty darn effective, if you ask me. I, I guess they, there are a few goofs. I think some people notice things like, you know, um, when uh, the nurse goes into the medicine area and is able to pull out. Um, I guess morphine and other stuff for the for the pregnant woman that that probably would have been locked up in a 
in a medicine cabinet somewhere and probably you know, but they were also in the midst of moving an entire hospital right so, right, know, right, right, right some slack administrative error <laughs> right 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 um little little things like that uh, i you know I don't. I don't usually have a problem with that. It was a country hospital. It was a, yeah. Well, yeah. And it was definitely a rural, a small rural hospital that had already had half or more of a thing burned out. Yeah. So yeah, what a, what a great idea. And you you get that sense of isolation just like you do in the thing where mm-hmm. they're in that science station up in Antarctica. Yeah. And it's the same thing. They can't leave. Mm-hmm. And you're stuck there, and you have to you have to deal with all this shit that that's going on, and then. Even worse is that not only are you there, but then you end up, you know, half of them end up in this this horrible pocket dimension. Yeah. <laughs> leading, leading leading to some other world. Yeah. That you can't escape from either. And the the, the one guy barely makes it out himself. Yeah. yeah. And uh, wow. Um, so I don't know. There are those who also said, you know, was could there ever be a sequel? I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be kind of fun to find out what the, the void that those uh, the, Allison and uh, Daniel were in at the end. They clearly had some kind of consciousness <clears throat> still, um, and they were in a completely other place. I didn't see Dr. Richard anywhere, even though he got pushed through the triangle, too. So, right. like, what's going on there? I mean... It's got an ambiguous ending. Very so, ambiguous. Yeah. So who knows? But um, I feel like a sequel would probably just be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing: rather than a sequel, I almost wonder or almost wish that this had been something like a twelve-part serial series. Hmm. You know, where you got twelve, ten or twelve hour-long episodes. Like Stranger Things, only right, right, only right, for right. adults. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, come on. Stranger Stretched Things out. is for adults. Uh, yeah, it's guess. got kids in it, but it's totally for adults. I guess. But without all the nostalgia and not all the other stuff I love, that, I'm that sorry. cheapened it. I love Stranger Things. Yeah. But I think um, it's it's that last season really got me. I thought it was good. Anyway. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> I just went down a peg in your estimation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just don't love it as much. I like the first season. I think uh, subsequent seasons weren't nearly as good. Did and you see the last season? I did. Okay. Yeah, because the second and third seasons, I was kind of like, meh. The very last season, though. Second half of the last season certainly picked like up. Like the, the whole scene where the, they're in the plane and they're trying to take over the plane. <laughs> God, I was like down on the couch like yelling and, you know, my significant other upstairs, shut well, but the difference in, in that is, I mean, A, it's, it is appealing to a younger audience, and B, they do try to infuse a lot of humor into that as well. There's no humor in this film. Nope. No, no not a drop no, of it. Nope. There, there, is, there is nothing to sort of like hang your sanity onto and sort of hold tight. No, it's just all terrible. It's all terrible. It's all horrible. And, you know, that's why I'm in there. I'm like going, yeah, we're at a place full of fluffy bunnies and kittens and penguins and wonderfulness everything is happy when it's clearly the opposite yeah 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 doom despair and uh i think the tagline is something like it's not death it's worse and they're not kidding yeah yeah i mean we're at when you're at a point that's a good tagline yeah when you're at a point where where death offers no release and, or something is worse. Um, yeah, you're not in a happy place. It's Sisyphus-tastic, as my roommate in college used to say. 
And uh, for those who don't know who Sisyphus is, he was the <laughs> dude who was cursed to rolling the ball up the hill forever, wasn't he? The boulder, right. Yeah, yep. the boulder. And then as soon as he would get to the top of the hill, it would roll back down. And he couldn't do anything else. And this is for eternity. Mm. Yay. Yeah. And that's, we were referencing him with, with the um, one creature who was trying so desperately to die that it kept impaling its head over and over on a spike until, you know, his head was totally hollow. There was like almost nothing left and he was still not dead. And still doing it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And who was the one that um, had his liver torn out by uh, hawks? From Prometheus. Was Prometheus. he stole fire. Yeah. And then there was Tantalus who was always hungry and always thirsty and, and he was in a lake and Every time he would bend down to drink, the lake would recede, and whenever he would reach up to grab an apple, the wind would blow it out of his way. Yeah. So there's, yeah. All you folks who have to work thankless jobs where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over ad nauseum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You all know what we're talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's not a modern uh, feeling. The ancient Greeks had it as well. (laughs) Oh, the ancient Greeks would have loved this. Yeah. They they, they would love this movie. Absolutely. Would, Medusa, run! <laughs> oh, come on, Medusa? I mean, who, yeah. who would have fit in a Lovecraftian cosmic horror Medusa. thing? Medusa, yeah. absolutely. Most of the, the horrific creatures from the Greek mythology mm-hmm. would have fit mm-hmm. well. The so Minotaur? I imagine, oh, I imagine Lovecraft himself probably read a lot of oh, I'm, Greek I'm sure. myths. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even though he disguised it well. So... Yeah, so yeah, this this to me was like a really, really interesting, really, really well made film, and I, you know, I'm shocked that it doesn't get talked about nearly as much, um, and I'm I'm shocked that a lot of the mainstream, you know, moviegoers and mainstream critics just don't seem to have enjoyed it as much. I, I'm not exactly sure what their criticism is exactly. Mm-hmm. Too maybe it was just too gory or too violent for some people or too. I don't know, uh, esoteric, do you think? Do you think it was too... Not, I don't think it was esoteric, really. Mm-hmm. No. I don't I think don't so either. No. I mean, to it me... It was pretty gory, but I don't watch a lot of really gory movies, so I don't have a ton to mm-hmm. compare To me, with, this but... was a this was a nice balance of crazy, weird insanity that you got to think about with a whole lot of action and violence and gore mm-hmm. so that you can... You know, if if you like one or the other or both, you could be pleased by this. Yeah, film. yeah, it had a good storyline in addition to all the action and and um, gory stuff and, and they a few jump scares. You know, they didn't skimp on any of the production. You know, the the mm-hmm. lighting was fabulous. The sound was great. They had a really really good soundtrack. I I'm sure Matt would like. I the music. noticed. Yeah, I noticed some of the music sounded great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The acting was all on point. I, I didn't see a bad note from anybody. Uh, that one scene when when they look over and they see the doctor's robe, like laying on, or his lab coat, whatever you call it, laying on the floor with the blood on it. Where the body and, is supposed to be. And the, and the only reaction from the actors, they look at it for a second and the cop, you can see his, his lip kind of quiver a little bit. And that's it. It just barely registers to them. That something's not right there, and then they keep running, and and it's like, oh my god, that was so subtle and awesome. But it said like a million things. Yes, it did. It was so great. Yeah, yeah. You could tell that there's definitely not only a history between the sheriff and the nurse, but it's not a happy history, clearly. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely unresolved issues going on that they they kind of talk about a little bit, but there's a lot more going on with their body language, which I thought was really really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, this 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 was you know a home run on every possible uh, uh, aspect in my opinion. So yeah, great film and um, was really happy to show it. And in fact, everyone I've shown it to loved it, with the singular exception of Jerry Larry Butler, who uh, poor guy. I mean, he's old school guy, and um, he it was too violent and over the top, <laughs> over the top for him. Wasn't his cup of tea. Yeah. I think the the violence and gore sort of turned him off. I can see that. But just about everybody else was like, wow, where did this come from? Yeah. And yeah, so, and why this just doesn't get talked about a lot is beyond me. It's it's not so bad as Dark Waters where like nobody has heard of it. You know, there are right. some people, the people who are, like I said, who are really into indie horror know about it. But as far as the general audience out there, I, I think this kind of floated on by. Same thing with... You know, a movie we are going to end up doing, a spoiler, we're going to end up doing The the Apostle. Yay! You know, the reason that one kind of floated by is because if you didn't have Netflix, you didn't see it. Right, right. Because it was a Netflix original, and mm-hmm. it was freaking awesome. I thought so, too. And I'm glad I, you liked it. Well, and I didn't know it existed until uh, people talked about it, and I think you mentioned it. And it I was, did, yeah. And, it was, and I didn't know, I looked around, and I couldn't find it, and then boom... Oh, it's on Netflix. And then I watched it. I was like, holy shit, this is really, really good. Yeah, I just randomly stumbled on it one night, and I kind of wanted a, a horror movie, but I sort of was in, you know, I, we had just watched uh, Hagasusa, I think, and mm. I was like, I want to watch some more of that pagan horror stuff, you know? And, right, right, uh, right, right. I love and that. And this would really fit the bill. I read the description. I'm like, okay, it's probably going to suck and everything. And no. Oh, I no. love I love folk horror. I love That's what cosmic I meant. Folk horror. horror. Pagan horror. Whatever. I love that stuff. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we are going to do that. And again, it's not so much because it was forgotten, but just because there's a large segment of the movie going or movie watching audience and even horror watching audience that just don't know about it because they, either they don't have Netflix or they just never found it. It flew under the radar. Right. And yeah. it, from what I gather, it has not been released either. Which means the only way you're gonna see it is like if it's on, on DVD the, or exactly, exactly. Oh. Whereas at least the Void came out and it's out on, on Blu-ray, which obviously I have a copy of. So yeah, so uh, with regards, I mean they're both worth getting, um, but definitely if you get to see the Void out there, go mm-hmm. score it, especially in Blu-ray, because I'm telling you, it looks absolutely dynamite. Mm-hmm. And if cosmic horror and and uh, Lovecraftian stuff and Icky, gross body horror. If you like tentacles, you will love this yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> tentacles, yeah, we yeah. all we all rocking the tentacles yes. and the gore and the goo mm-hmm. and stuff, all that all icky stuff. So yeah, definitely check it out. And um, yeah, there you go. You got any final words to say? Uh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> I almost kind of wish I could show this to Lenore, but I don't see. I she's a little too sensitive. I think uh. I think she would not have. She would have appreciated. She's young. Give her a few years to get jaded. She she would have appreciated the how well done the movie is, but the subject matter would have turned her off. I couldn't have watched something like this when I was her age either. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Whereas this was right up my dark, scary alley, pretty much from when I was a little tiny tiny little mook. Not me. Well, thank you all very much for joining us for yet another episode. Thank you, Joe, for coming on. I uh, hope you. I'm glad that you seem to have enjoyed this yes, movie I did. too. Yes, mm-hmm. And um, so, as far as how does this one rank regards or next to like Hagazusa and oh. Dark Waters and. I mean, Hagazusa was absolutely my favorite that we've done. I've done what three with you now, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I would still put it third. I, I, and I just think 
I don't know. I like the folk horror stuff, I guess. And and I'm not even a huge horror. I don't have a hard like a, a huge knowledge base, but um, I really enjoy the folk horror stuff that I've been seeing, and I um, I like gothic horror a lot like when mm. i read i love you know like oh, yeah. wuthering heights and dracula and um there's a new book out called the death of jane lawrence which is nice. like you know like gothic horror see and that's the kind of stuff 50 that's the kind of stuff that i love and i try to i try to talk to moody because he loves slashers oh you know, okay. and like, and especially not, teenage slashers i'm, I'm, I'm not and yeah i there's nothing know, I, for I'm me. I'm not sure that I've seen that many. Like, I'm not even seen all the Halloween you've movies. Seen them when you've seen them all. And um, but I just don't think that'd be my thing. But first, first Hollywood movie is a Halloween is a masterpiece. Oh, but all I, the rest. Are kind I of really bad. enjoy any of the supernatural stuff, which is weird because I'm not really religious or anything. But anything with a ghost that's haunting oh, yeah. somebody, oh yeah, I love that stuff, and I don't know. Why? But I love it. Exactly. I Even though, like, it. in reality, I, a I crazy person yeah. running around killing people is far more frightening. Because it's more real. Because it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't, I don't watch these things for realities nope. per se. I it's want a good story. It's all about the atmosphere. Yes, and yes, the, yes, yes. Yeah. And you're not yeah. getting that with, with teenage slashers. You're getting that with vampires and crazy Cthulhu nonsense and, right. and gothic horror and weird creepy pagan and, folk horror and, and because there's part yeah. of my lizard brain that still believes in that stuff like rationally i don't believe in any of it but when the lights are out and it's the middle of the night and i'm going downstairs to get a glass of water it's fun oh my gosh it's it's like i'm 12 years old again mm -hmm. i have to turn all the lights on yep. and then i still have to run up the stairs why? Why? <laughs> because I watched it like this, probably. And is, your cat probably you know. scared you. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I'm a very skittish, jumpy person. Oh, and my so goodness. How did you get through this? That's what, well, that's why I like jump scares so much, because I think it gives me more adrenaline than the average In person. In a safe way. Because I'm, right, exactly. And I love haunted houses. Oh, crap, do I love haunted houses. <laughs> and, um, but I can't take my, my significant other cannot go to haunted houses Aww. with me. Because it's too real for him, mm -hmm. and he just freaks out. And it's not because he's afraid of the jumps and stuff. It's that he seriously thinks that if you are the type of person that would want to do this for a living, you're probably more likely to be a serial killer. <laughs> and I'm like, you yeah, know, I don't know that there have been any yeah, longitudinal so. studies that make that causal well, relationship. Fear <laughs> is, a, is a funny thing because yeah. it will take the most logical and intelligent person and turn them into a quivering pile of jello. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things. It, it totally disarms us. And so... That's why I love a movie that, that can do that, especially to me, who's seen a billion movies at this point in my life, and I'm extremely difficult to actually frighten or scare. But every now and again, I'll get a movie that creeps the living hell out of me, and it's wonderful. Yeah. And I immediately want to share that film with everyone I have ever met in my entire life because it's just wonderful. So, And that's one reason why I wanted to share this film because I just thought it was so well done and yeah. so cool. Well, even though I'm putting it third of the three that I've watched, it didn't mean that I didn't like it. But I definitely am into the the weird spirits thing more, I think. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the reasons I liked Dark Water so much. Because it felt like it was going to be ghosts and weird things like that. And then it turned out to be more Lovecraft. Right. You know, So I actually didn't dig the ending as much, you know, except... 
you know, her walking around blind was kind of neat, you know, that <laughs> was cool. But, but, um, I liked the whole gothic, they're trapped in this old convent and there's no electricity and mm. stuff, so just the whole atmosphere. That's why I like Crimson Peak so much, you know, not, not a whole lot story-wise going on in Crimson Peak. It's just like a atmosphere. Peace. Well, we've already covered the uninvited for Forgotten Par Classics. However, because I actually have it on Criterion, we're going to do it for Criterion Watch. Ooh. And you need to come. And What's the uninvited? Because it's, I feel like it's not that Korean movie, is no, it? No, 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 no. This, this is a one? classic 1960 horror film that is probably one of the greatest haunted house movies ever Ooh. made. Really, really super good. I think I you would want enjoy to it. See it. So we will do that this season on uh, Criterion Watch for Moody because I know he hasn't seen it either. Yay! So this would right. be a great time. I showed it to to Lenore, and Lenore said that that was the scariest movie she had seen. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, really I definitely well want to watch it, especially if that dog is invited. Who's <laughs> is that Rocky? Was that the name of oh, his poodle? Yeah. 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 All Rocky. Right. If Rocky will be there, I'm going to be there. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Please join us next time for another episode of Forgotten Horror Classics, and we will see you all on the flip side. Bye. 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 Mm.